<laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode five of Some Great Adventures, the podcast for old buddies who met and worked for a significant amount of time at Six Flags Great Adventure in Jackson, New Jersey, chat about our time at the park. I am Steve Hicks, and my co-hosts are... Scott Loudon. Chris Peluso. Hi, I'm Mandy Arletti. All right, gentlemen. Uh, our podcast continues to be made possible by our friends at the Shared Universe Podcast Studio. Look them up on Facebook or the direct website. If you have any interest in podcasting, they can guide you through the entire process like they did knuckleheads like us. They're simply fantastic to work with. Uh, we're also live on Facebook and had no idea until after last month's episode <laughs> ended that we could see comments over on thing live. So, Again, <laughs> thank you, Ming. Otherwise, we still wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, it's hysterical. So we felt kind of silly, but it was kind of cool as we uh, wrapped the last episode, all of a sudden see all the comments there. We're like, oh, duh. <laughs> um, also, for anyone listening to this uh, as a taped recording on either uh, uh, Sketcher or iTunes, the opening montage doesn't have any dialogue, really, um, except one chick saying all clear. But it's basically a cool little two minute video from about two years ago of the park that is getting prepped um, behind the scenes. Uh, right in time for spring break opening. So it starts with snow being covered everywhere and them kind of cleaning up the whole park. Um, gentlemen, that that leads us into something that we all shared a very common experience with during our time in a park. And that's that uh, I look upon it very finely, fondly. Um, we all did work crew. And for those not in the know, um, most apartments will allow a few employees to um, basically uh, do whatever is needed to prepare for their department. So the the everything's ready for opening of the park preseason work crew for GA could pretty much start as early as February postseason winter prep would go almost uh, right up until uh, before Christmas. Uh, not full crews though. It would be a massive amount of crew for preseason because there's a lot more work that needed to be done for park opening. And for uh, postseason, it was always a smaller crew. And usually by the end, it would just be down to the supervisors doing a couple of things right up until Christmas. And then, uh, and then we'd all get fucking laid off and not have a job for about a month or two. And uh, yeah, then the fun would start all over again. They'd bring us all back in. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Gemma, let's walk through. Um, well, actually, hold on. Uh, think about something here. Um, Andy, could anyone work work crew? Like, could anyone work work crew? Like, if, if I had, if I was the typical black knucklehead who got in trouble a lot, but I was like, fuck, you guys just chill out and work when the park closes during the week? Could I work work crew? Would that be allowed? No, you probably would not be on the work crew, Steve. See, work crew was, <laughs> if you came in all summer long and you didn't call out sick and you stayed and worked overtime and you never had any problems and you proved yourself to be a decent employee, your reward your reward for all that was you got to stand outside in February in Jackson, New Jersey with a hose and uh, clean out about 2,000 garbage cans while you froze you know, in about 34 degree temperature. But you loved it. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So, Makes so, I, so guess, glad I cleaned up my act. Otherwise, I never would have been allowed on work crew. You just beat me to the punch because I was just thinking as Andy was talking, how the fuck did Scott get allowed to work work crew? He's not a supervisor. How the fuck were you allowed to work work crew? You know somebody on the internet. Uh, right? You say, you say uh, I redeemed my uh, image or cleaned up my image. <laughs> so let's jump into work crew. So uh, let's start with cleaning. Um 
<laughs> cleaning was was broken into a lot of different things. Andy, you just hit on one. We would we would give some suckers quick training on a power wash, and then they would be cleaning endless amounts of garbage cans, just liners after liners after liners. As far um, as you could see. Dude, as far as you could see. <laughs> <laughs> um they would be uh they would be uh hot seeing the walkways so you know the walkways always look nice during the year but you know after a winter in new jersey they look like crap and they're basically like black so they would be have to hot see the walkways um gentlemen what else did we have to do as far as cleaning goes hmm. well there were leaves everywhere leaves. that was <laughs> we had to remove so many leaves and all the leaves were wet. <laughs> Some of the leaves were putrid and decomposing. Right. And they all seem to accumulate like in areas that are covered in grease, like narrow little crawl spaces. Yeah, underneath every ride, there are mounds of leaves from winter from being blown in throughout the winter and brought in with the snow. That's absolutely true. Um, leaves was a nightmare. What about um about copper things like the uh the roofs of the uh you know the um the buildings at the uh front gate and like the the carousel poles what about copper stuff did we ever have to do anything maybe with deteriorating flesh-eating chemicals did you guys remember any of that <laughs> oh definitely the copper roofs when uh we basically had to you know make a cake that was toxic with this flour <laughs> And uh, <laughs> copper cleaner spread it all over these roofs up on ladders. Yeah, I didn't have the pleasure of that. Yeah. Somehow, somehow I missed that. Off. I don't yeah. know. I don't think they trusted me to work with chemicals. So I, mean, I think they were only killing us with lead by the time I was oh, doing yeah. it. I think they, they moved on from the chemicals. <laughs> you know, you you, you you're definitely getting it from the metal cleaner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was bad because I remember when I had to do, um, I did both. I, I had to clean the, the copper roofs of the front gate. I also had to clean the carousel poles. I did work roof for a lot of years, though, during my time there. I got lucky. And uh, uh, I remember the started using, it was vinegar and I, I want to say fucking salt. And you just had regular gloves on, like like latex gloves on. And you would just be sitting there, like, sort of like scrubbing it with this chemical concoction that was just nasty as hell to breathe in and then years like i think the last year that i actually had to do that and i wasn't a supervisor not like one of the grunts anymore on work crew um they switched us to brasso and brasso just sucked man that stuff was just if it got into your gloves you felt like it was just gonna eat your skin off your bones man it was pretty crappy so yeah that that definitely sucked um well, that's where all the excess lead comes in it gives your skin a nice coating of uh, protection <laughs> <laughs> that's true well, it wasn't that's gum. True. gum was like a two-stage process like first it had to be scraped that disgusting black stain on on the concrete had to be scraped but then it left a stain and then that stain would have to get the hot seat power wash over it in order to remove the stain um i mean everyone knows how big a theme park is and the power wash hot seat i would say was about what maybe two inches three inches yeah. of a spray yeah, yeah. you had to get real close and the entire park got done. <laughs> like, I mean, it was a lot. It was a real lot. And there was a lot of well, gum. Hold on. So you nailed on the thing, though. So it wasn't just gum on the walkways, though. There was gum on the fucking ride. So everyone probably, yeah. anyone from our generation will remember Logflume's legendary gum wall. 
That was something that started in the beginning oh, of the year, oh. and it sucked if you worked the log flume because you were told to go out there and try to keep the gum off of it. But there were so many people throughout the day just throwing gum on there. It was impossible to keep it clean. It was just absolutely impossible. And that was free spray and a metal scraper and just regular old gloves. And you would just be sitting out there freezing it, cracking it, scraping it. Wow. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> Somebody That's actually the world we live in now. That whole gum wall was probably covered in hepatitis. <laughs> uh, you, know, you can't go anywhere without gloves and mask on. <laughs> well, oh. do you guys remember when they knew the gum wall, like cleaning it wasn't enough? So then they made the fucking gum targets, hoping that people would only put it in the one spot. Like it's a target. You only want to put it there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that did gotta... not work. You got a shout out on the gum wall on the comments there, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just surprised that hearing this, like I didn't know anybody that worked at the park that actually used that freezing chip off spray for gum, like used it for pretty much everything else. You'd spray it on your shirt. You'd spray it on a bug that you saw. You'd spray it like to see if you could freeze water in a cup. But I don't remember seeing anybody ever use that stuff to try to get rid of gum. <laughs> that's kind of funny because that's the only thing I ever knew that stuff was for was cleaning gum off the lock. I did use it, but I did see some, you know, some shenanigans with it occasionally. But uh, yeah, yeah, mainly gum. <laughs> <laughs> There's another clean thing we all, I'm pretty sure all of us get stuck doing, and that's fucking waxing those goddamn rides pre-opening. Oh, yes. Yeah. All wax. of them. The coasters, the coasters wax especially. And uh, yeah, wax on, wax off for sure. Those and are some uh, greasy fuckers too. Very uh, greasy. Holy shit. The high ride was the one I remember waxing the most, and that sucked because like the roofs on those things, I mean, you talk about like diseases. I mean, there was like, you know, bird poop and grease and God knows what else up there that <laughs> I uh I, I used to particularly like the kitty rides because um one of the things we also used to do since we were all supervisors it, and it's this was only if you were a supervisor if you weren't a supervisor you didn't get you didn't get to do this but we would also get to like obviously before load testing which we'll get into next we would have to just test a ride to have to make sure they're completely running for the park right so in a kiddie park, while everyone's waxing the rides, fucking, I know, Andy, you did it with me before. And I know Kenny Mount did it with me before. I don't, I don't remember how many people did this, but we used to just, one of us would start to ride up. We'd all ride the ride, kiddie rides like little idiots. We had to sit in a kiddie park riding the ride. <laughs> Everyone else is out there waxing and we're just going up and down. My favorite was the Red Baron. Remember the Red Baron, the little controller, and you could go oh, all yeah. the way up, all the way down. <laughs> Stupid shit. That was so nice. fun, though, man. Well, nice. I think that leads us right into uh, somebody brought it up. Let's talk about our favorite thing of work crew load testing. Load testing had a lot of variables. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll talk about the first thing. Before you load test, like I just said, the first thing you had to do, every ride had to be run before it got load tested, obviously. So first, we're just running the rides. So if you're a supervisor, you had to do every standard thing and run every ride just like you normally would, which means you had to, back in our day, walk the coaster track. You guys ever get to walk the coaster track? Not me. Many times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when we get to worst day. <laughs> <laughs> all right well we'll save yours then chris but andy you walked it a lot of times right now when i walked it when i was a lead 
uh, Lisa Simone was the lead on the coaster and we used to basically get coffee and then I would walk over there and we would run the fucking track. We didn't, we didn't walk it. We jogged it. Cause Lisa was fit as shit. I don't know what my fat ass was doing following her, but I would just fucking run up there with her like an idiot. And we walked it. And back in our day, we walked the track from the entire track from the top to the bottom, all the way around. We didn't walk it at the base that, that became a thing later on. And uh, that was fun, man. I actually liked walking the coaster track. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, Annie, what was, I think you, you, you were experiencing this. What was it like having to walk the log flume the first time of the season before you actually fired it up for the first time? What was that like? Oh, yeah, that was pretty scary, actually. You'd climb <laughs> up the lift and you'd be walking on these boards that were like, I don't know, at least 10 feet long with between the supports and they'd be bouncing and swaying and they'd all be marked like which ones needed to be replaced. You know, which ones were still okay, maybe? They'd say, the okay, exports. The right. exports. You're trying to walk around on this thing, yeah. Like uh, Indiana Jones trying not to step on the wrong thing and crash and fall through, you know, 70 feet below. Yeah, that was always yeah, great. So, so, for, so for people that never had to walk between the stations at the top of the log flume, there's a walkway pretty much along the entire log flume the entire top of the log flume. Once you get, once the boats go up that top lift, wherever you're seeing, you know, the boats going through, there is a wooden walkway that we can evacuate people or walk it ourselves hidden on a side. And it was just like Andy said, 10 foot long lengths of wood. So normally when you walk on those things, they had a lot of give, they shook, man. It felt like a little bit of a trampoline. And in the beginning of the year, like because of the winter, all those boards would be bad. So we would have to walk it, but they didn't get replaced the boards, but they did mark them out. So we'd have to walk it and there'd be like one good board instead of four that you would be able to walk on. And you're like towing on that board, which is also bending. So you're wondering if they just didn't exit and maybe it was going to fall through. <laughs> uh, who knows? You know, so, <laughs> that was yeah. freaking crazy. Um, Walking the slides was pretty crazy too. Slides, and slides was fun. Slides oh, was fun, man. Because you're, you're yeah. in a tunnel for a long time. You don't want to be claustrophobic going in there, you know? <laughs> like, you're yeah. just going to lose. I mean, I was young and spry. I was like 21, and my back was hurting by the time I walked in. <laughs> yeah, because you're crouched the whole time, man. You get that, and you're like, what do you mean I have to walk three more? <laughs> Go find me yeah. a red tag to do this. The Asian Tower slides. And if you're a 160 soup, you were supposed to walk those things every morning, each one, go up and down each one. Yeah, I was smart though. I don't know. I don't know if you ever pulled this scam, but basically, I would make sure that I would walk over there right when the lead got there, and the lead always had to come in a little early, and I would just watch the lead do it. <laughs> I was like, "What's the purpose of me walking it?" And then the lead has to walk it. Like, what the hell? There's no double oh, set of eyes here. Those. You're looking for the same shit. So occasionally, yeah, I'd be like, "I'll walk one for you, okay?" <laughs> Let me do for him or her do three, and I'll do one. You know. Now, I would do that. That I would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once in a while, I'd be like, all right, I'll take one, you take one, I'll take one, you take one, because there were four of them. I would do that. That's true. But generally, I was like, this is stupid. Why the fuck do we have to walk them? And then they have to walk them. We're looking for the same yeah. shit. This double set of eyes doesn't apply here. Meanwhile, Steve walks one, and then he goes and sits on his reading bench and makes the person finish up the other three. <laughs> right. I was a supervisor. What do you want? All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Blue tag had its perks. All right. <laughs> so now once, once we've done walking the rides, we've tested the rides, the rides are all good. Now we have this guy, Jack, Andy, I, you, you knew Jack better than probably all of us. So I'll let you talk about Jack. Who was Jack and what did Jack do? 
uh, Jack would come out from the state to inspect the rides and oversee all the load tests. So he was basically the one that gave us approval to you know, put people on these rides or not. He was a good guy. You know, he would come out, same guy every year. So he knew the park, he knew everybody real well. So he'd come out, Billy would grab him, they'd get coffee and basically chauffeur him around the park. You know, when we worked in the background, moving tons and tons of lead from ride to ride. <laughs> so that's a perfect segue. So what Jack got brought in to do was basically we had to do what was called load testing. Every ride had to have enough weight put into each seat to simulate a human being. Um, I could be getting this right. I could get this wrong, I mean. But I believe when we first started, we had basically fire hoses, okay, that were cut up into, um, I want to say they were they were three feet or four feet long. They were sealed at the end with just like bolts. So that was always fun because you'd end up scraping your hands and your arms against the bolts and cutting yourself up. And they were filled with lead shot. And I didn't even notice until you you told us this, Andy. But where did the lead shot come from? Because you actually had to go pick up lead shot. So that was yeah, new. I didn't know the that. lead shot up. We would get it from the boardwalk. We would go down and pick up the lead shot that they collected from the games where they would shoot out the stars with the BB gun. So That's we would so go crazy. down there, collect it there, bring it back, and then put it into the lead shot bags. Was that was that Maury man? That would be great if that were. I gotta go see Maury. Yeah, no, we didn't come <laughs> to Maury on those trips. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't recycle the lead shot and just reuse it, but I guess I don't know. Well, probably would jam the guns, but we definitely yeah. used it. We used that shit as much as we could. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so lead shot started out as fire hose tubes, and then uh, they slowly started buying bags because the tubes were kind of a nightmare, uh, especially for certain rides. So they got bags, which if I was right, I believe the tubes were 75 pounds and the bags were 50 pounds because the bags are definitely smaller or lighter and they had handles on them. That's right. Right. 75 and 50. Does that make sense? Yeah. I used to hear 80 yeah. sometimes for the tubes, you know, you get a nice stiff tube. You sometimes get a limp tube. You know what I mean? Well, the, yeah. there was definitely no accurate <laughs> science because we certainly weren't weighing them that I remember at no. least, but I know yeah. what we were, we were aiming for was um, basically an average person we were assuming was 150 pounds. So if you were using tubes, you only had to put two in. If you had to, use, if you're using yes. bags, you had to put three in. Exactly. Um, the bags had handles, though. So the bags, you could literally carry two at a time. They were pretty easy. They were a little bit lighter. The tubes were just long, heavy, and sucked. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's not much more I can say about the tubes. They just absolutely sucked. Yeah. Um, and some tubes were longer than others. <laughs> for sure. I'll let you guys talk about this. Where, where, where did we fill the lead shot, and where do we store the lead shot? And and talk about that place. Uh, fond memories, the tack room, baby. <laughs> Why was it called? Why was it room? called the tack room, Scott? I I didn't remember this, but I remember you saying. Well, I know this because when I was there for the first time, I was like, "What the hell did they call this the tack room for?" And Steve was like, "Dumbass, they called the tack room because that's where they used to keep the tack for the horses." And I was like, "Okay, well, I guess that makes sense." And I go in there, and there's actually like horse saddles and like bridles and everything. And I was like, "Oh, I guess it really was a tack room." But yeah. I feel like every answer would start off with dumbass. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> you know, I felt like my spirit was broken and I stopped asking any questions. Every, every answer. Dumbass, followed by the answer. <laughs> like that old Bill Cosby skit. But Matt, Dad, my name is Jesus Christ. 
Oh, Neil, no, uh, Neil just popped up and he said Elephant Barn. Yeah, the El- Elephant Barn definitely had some lead shot in it too. At my time, it was yeah. only basically the tack room though. I didn't expand out to the Elephant Barn until it was, I think, after my time. But um, what else was stored in the tack room? There was a valuable item that I can't find mine anymore, but I know I took it. Andy, I know you have yours. What else was stored in that tack room, which was hysterical because anyone had access to it could take them. Yeah, because that's also, aside from piles of lead shot, we stored confidential documents. <laughs> so everybody's control cards, which is basically your HR file. If you want to get these important documents, you got to go through the lead. Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to keep them from Superman or something. I don't know. Right. You, it was you pretty spend half the time there where you're supposed to be working, digging through boxes and boxes of these <laughs> control cards. <laughs> It is funny though. Like, um, like, oh, warnings warned by security about reckless driving on property. You'd find things like that. <laughs> that became the first thing, though. If you were a supervisor, as soon as you got introduced to the attack room or a smart work crew employee, and we weren't looking, the first thing you did was look for your control cards and just take those motherfuckers. <laughs> I don't want that history there. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great you know i just realized the um, really good benefit of the of the tubes of the fire hose that i never even thought of we didn't have to make them right did you guys ever have to make them or anything like had, they just we had to that fill way, them right? well we, we never had to cut them but we had to fill them for uh, sure fire hose really Old yeah, school yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely filled the fire hose. Now I didn't wow. have to seal the end though. We would fill them and then we'd leave them standing upright and somebody one end would be closed, somebody else would come in and seal them, which I'm assuming was the mechanics. I don't know who the fuck yeah, ever right, sealed for right. us. Right. But, uh, you couldn't use a wrench. Oh well, they suck. So then I guess they have no they have no pick up a wrench. <laughs> I thought maybe they were a little safer for us if we didn't have to actually fill them, but no. <laughs> well, hold on. So so I filled the tubes and I filled the bags. You guys all had to fill the bags too, at least, right? Fill I mean, bags. there's no way you guys oh, got yeah. out of filling the bags. Bags, oh, yeah. No. no, you had to and, fill and, bags. You'd go into the shed and your supervisor would say to you, if you want to wear a mask, they're <laughs> over there. And they'd be lead dust. I don't even know how many people have worn the masks. I don't know, but they were covered in lead regardless, though. I don't think there could be any germs on them. It was just lead. Lead dust everywhere. <laughs> And, uh, you know, uh, it was so you either put on that mask, you didn't put on that mask. I don't think it really mattered. And you sat in there for hours on a little chair, (laughs) (laughs) building lead shot bags, building lead shot bags over and over again. Um, Yeah, it was an absolutely disgusting, very life threatening thing that we all had to do. (laughs) At the time, it it seemed all right. It did. It did. I never saw anything of it. It was warmer. I, I, I will say this: it was warmer in there. That is true, and you were always doing it before load tests. So it was like the very first work crew jobs because you had to have those bags ready when you start load testing. So it was fucking freezing out when we were doing, you know, pre-opening work crew, and that was for whatever reason that room was warm. I don't think it had heat. It was just <laughs> just warmer naturally because we were outdoors. all in there. I think. Yeah, I think that was it. Well, because so yeah. of all the lead coating everything, they probably still. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? So, Chris, you're right. We never forced anyone to wear a mask, although I think in this day and age they probably do. They we never did uh, that back in my time. Anymore. They're like, what the hell's lead shot? <laughs> <laughs> right. But I will I will say this. 
after the first day I filled lead shot, I went home and I blew black shit out of my nose for about two hours nonstop. And I wore that mask every time I ever filled that shot again. I was like, this is deeper in my system. I knew from day one, like this ain't good for us. Like this is not good. I don't know what the statute of limitations are, but we may all get calls after this. (laughs) (laughs) We might be contacted by legal after this and I wouldn't blame them. Oh, man. All right. Well, while we're talking about uh, low testing, let's go into the fun stuff. Once you had the ledge shot and it was all set and we had our schedule for what rides we had Jack coming in to test, then it came time for us to actually go and load these fucking rides up. And generally, we couldn't generally, we never had enough ledge shot to do more than generally two, maybe three if they were smaller. Like we could knock out almost a whole kitty park in one day. The big rides, the mat, the, you know, the the coasters, we generally would only do one to two a day. So, and two would suck because two meant that Jack, we had to load it up before Jack got there. Billy would walk Jack over. Jack would sign off on it. And then that means Billy had to take Jack somewhere to go get more coffee while we had to fucking right. unload and load up the second one, <laughs> whichever it was, and get it done as quick as possible because they didn't want to waste Jack's time. So all of a sudden it went from being leisurely to everyone's on your ass and you're carrying this lead shot and you got to get everything done. Um, yeah, and I remember, shot. Yeah. I remember times when we had, you know, we were on a schedule. So, you know, lunch had to wait so that we could load up this damn ride. Oh, so that Jack oh yeah. Could you're like screw it i don't need lunch now (laughs) (laughs) it it is funny though think about this think about this in all of work crew one of the perks of work crew was that you actually got to chill out and usually have like an hour lunch to bullshit and have fun talk to everybody just really relax right except load test days if you were a load test day you almost were guaranteed not to even fucking get a lunch you were told bring your fucking lunch in a brown bag if you even want to eat lunch because otherwise it ain't happening. Like if it, it was, was a two day, two day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was so brutal. what do you guys remember being the, in your opinion, the worst rides to low test? Big wheel. Big ride. <laughs> yeah. Big wheel was rough. Big wheel was brutal. I just remember, I, I can't even remember. What was it? Eight tubes and two garbage can liners. Fill, you had to fill them with a fire hose. Yeah, I, I, I just remember Kevin B being out there with the fire hose and me trying to hold the liners in place. And uh, yeah. we're all carrying tubes. I, for some reason, it was always tubes, I guess, because they needed so much weight. We, we would usually yeah. do tubes on it. Um, yeah. It would take a whole day to load that. So yeah. if I remember right, Big Wheel and Cables were the two rides that we used plastic garbage can liners filled that we filled with water to the top to load test because kibbles we did it definitely too so i remember loading it with the fire hose on the dream street side yeah and we, we used both I think, if i remember right i think we tried to do them on the same day almost because that way we could have the fire hose ready because we could load big wheel and somebody could be loading cables at the same time and i think that's what we were trying to do the only time we ever got fucked is when we actually didn't have enough freaking garbage can liners so some sucker was out the hot seat pad setting us up to do that and then we had to do that now, the worst part about it, Chris, wh- why, why was it so bad? I mean, what was so bad about filling garbage cans with water? What was so bad about that? 
Well, one, you're, you're doing it on what you hope to be a nice day. And a, and a nice day <laughs> sometimes in early March or late February is like 45, 50 degrees. So you're freezing your ass off, you know. And, and again, too, it's not just the water. That was just part of it. You know, it's also so many fire hoses being put in there. And uh, I just realized something, too. This is the case for Big Wheel also, but anyone who's gone to a theme park, think about how far your walk is up to a coaster. I'm remembering Batman the Ride, and I believe you either had the option of three flights of steps from the back area or the entire exit ramp to get lead shot up to that station. And and all of a sudden I had that vision of that. So the same thing with the Big Wheel. There's a huge queue out in front of the ride you can't just like oh there's the big wheel walk right pull the truck up to it and start unloading you got about a hundred yards of carrying all this shit it was uh yeah it was a lot it was a real lot and then one of the things i remember i'm not going to say the name of it but i remember doing it with a supervisor who only did work crew that year i don't remember this person ever doing work crew again and it was a supervisor who was not very proficient with operating the big wheel. There are some people, I will say me, Scott, for sure, were masters of the fucking wheel. We could unbalance and balance that thing in a heartbeat. We never had to fully unload the thing to rebalance it. We, we, we knew all the tricks. So mm-hmm. there, was a, there was a definite special touch to running the big wheel and making it not jerk like a fucking, <laughs> like the car is going everywhere. And I remember this supervisor like, oh, I'm going to operate, pushed us out of the way and hit the button and did not do a slow start. And that thing went woof, 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 every car back and forth, which garbage cans filled with water, cars moving back and forth rapidly, (laughs) empty garbage cans instantly. I just remember... Yeah, it was great though. That's it. I remember looking up, it was just like Niagara Falls, just seeing water pouring out the base of every one of the cars. And we're all just looking at each other going, we gotta fucking refill those. Soaking wet lead shot tubes. Were you uh, ruined filling those cans that day? Because I could see you trying to hang yourself with the fire hose after that. One more liner, this is it. I can't remember really. I always remember. I did them a couple times, but I may, mainly remember Kevin running point on that a lot. Uh, but I have done them a couple times. I can't remember. I do remember the shout, the the, the waterfall. <laughs> I do remember that though. That was fantastic. And I remember carrying those wet ass bags, lead water seeping all over. Us. Yeah, that was yeah. back to the truck. <laughs> Well, even when we had well, to empty it when we were done, there was no way you weren't drenched by the end of that. You know, oh, yeah. Those yeah. But the fun part is what she did by mistake, we would do on purpose. So we would start and stop, start and stop, start and stop on purpose like five times and hope no one heard us doing it. And that way, half the water got dumped out right away. And then it wouldn't be such a nightmare, you know? Like, I at least we did that one. We took the lead out, right? We took the lead shot out first. Then it was like, all right, let's do the water. <laughs> Yeah, you were like, yeah. yeah. I this. I never did the load testing of the big wheel. Did you fill it with one trash can liner or two? Two. Two. Okay. Two. One, one on each side load. of the pole. Yeah. Yeah. I was only a part-time uh, work crew person because I was usually, you know, school the other days of the week. But yeah, I never got to do that one. I just remember hating any coaster, just like you said, because you'd have to walk 
all that crap up and you have to walk it back. It was. They had to be tied well, too. I think Andy would say they had to be tied. Oh, you, lightning loops. I think you were talking about, right, Steve? So lightning loops. How do you tie it up? Yeah, starship. So here's here's the bad <laughs> yeah, one. Starship yeah, looping. It was starship lightning loops, and even yes. Buccaneer went up high enough that yes, you had to tie them in. It really sucked when it was only tubes and there weren't bags. Bags were easier because once you can be able to tie the rope through the handles, they would actually stay. But the mm-hmm. tubes, think about the lightning loops. They were, they were, you know, they came down, right? The bar came down over, over the shoulder. So you pull those bars down, you put the things in, you tie the rope, you shoot the thing, and at least 10 of those fucking tubes go fish, 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 and just start shooting out like cannonballs. God knows where the hell they're landing. God knows what they're hitting and blowing up. And the, and the tubes are exploding. The tubes are hitting the ground, just exploding. It's great because it's a safety test. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was pretty wild, man. And uh, it wasn't as bad with bags, but even bags would come loose because there's always be, there's always be some knucklehead who didn't know how to tie a fucking not so that that whole row the knot would come out while it's testing and then it's like bags flying everywhere you know and we're talking 75 to 50 pound weights just flying all over the park you know yeah but you nailed it on head lightning loops was actually the 100 percent worst one because we couldn't get a cherry picker or anything. So you had to fucking oh, walk no. up the staircase from base to top and you yeah. had to bring every, le- every shot up there manually one by one, man, that totally sucked. Um, I, I didn't remember it until we were, we were talking here. I was like, Oh, that's what used to drive me nuts too. Getting them to the ride. Yep. Some of them were real long pads, <laughs> really long pads, man. Yeah. yeah. Both of them. I'm glad I, I never had to do that. When we were moving him off the ride, we would back that giant flat butt, uh, bed truck into the tightest area, you know, <laughs> skating underneath transfer tracks and everything of the yep. $8 million yep. rides and everything to get close enough to hurl these bags out of the stations. Yeah. Yeah. I remember doing that many times. And then Chris, well, you nailed on point. the other yeah, thing. I forgot about that too, throwing them. Yeah, it was like yeah. shot putting. Yeah. Yeah. We would hurl them up, 50 pound bags, yeah. you know, 20, 30 feet. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, shit was a workout for sure, man. And then Chris, you nailed on, on the second thing that I think was like the, the worst thing in all is low testing any fucking water rides. Low testing the hydro flume, the log flume, or the fuck, especially the rapids. Rapids was even fucking worse. And that's because we're doing it when it's freezing because you're only doing it for park opening. So we're doing it when it's like March, it's fucking freezing out. Sometimes it's snowing. We're doing it in the fucking snow sometimes because it didn't matter. The park is going to be open. We have to have these load tested and all the bags we get wet. And so what went from 75 and 50 pounds went to a hundred to 120 pounds and like a hundred pounds, you know, because the wetness added to it and even worse I specifically remember two separate years where we were taking bags out of the rapids. And by the time the, the boat come back in, we were taking them out. They were ice. They were just fucking mm-hmm. like lead shot ice bags. And that really, really sucked, man. That the was news. The tubes wouldn't even bend. They wouldn't bend on your shoulder. They were just yep. like, <laughs> there's no. Yeah, give. yeah. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah. That was pretty bad. I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't do a shout out to someone who passed away last year. Fucking Mike Savage, though, man. Mike Savage was the lead shot master. 
master. That was the guy that as soon as we knew what our lead shot days were, we're like, Mike, can you work? Mike, can you work? Strongest motherfucker I knew at the time. Mike Savage would carry fucking four fucking handbags by himself. And then sometimes four tubes by himself. Just like arms out like this. He would tell you, load me up. And then he would walk up the stairs with those fucking things, man. He was a boss. I mean, and outside of load testing, Mike was also the best fucking work crew worker because it didn't matter how shitty the job was. You could be like, "Uh, Mike, I hate to tell you this, but you're one of the two people that's got to climb under the Music Express and get all the leaves out. And I know there's grease and everything there, but it's got to be done by lunch. Um, Okay? And Mike just be like, all right. <laughs> all right. You know? Anyone else yeah. is like, fuck you. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah we were lucky. We, we had some good people on work crew come back every year. And uh, we did, you know, after the first sure. few years when we got to ride in the truck, it was basically just dropping these people off all over the park yeah. and moving supplies around. Yeah. I know because yeah. I was also always sitting on the outside of the truck, wishing I was in the truck. <laughs> I too oh, have one year. Remember, I, 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 too have one I know you're ready. Cleaning crew. <laughs> that actually, you know, is like the whole story behind one of our most famous little uh, things, right? Baboon one, where that came from. I, I, you know, Chris and I are riding in the back of a pickup truck, you know, through the park in probably February. It was freezing cold. We're like, you know, huddled up next to the cab trying to stay warm, keep the wind off of us. And like, I think I know Steve was obviously in the cab, but I don't know who else was. It was either, you know, Andy or Kenny or right. more than that. So and we're like I'm messing around and I'm like, hey, watch this, Chris. And I was like. And it's made up of radio handles, like baboon one to one six zero. We were passing through the baboon zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's you know inspiration. So then, and I and he didn't think he answered the first time, so I said it again. And then when we get there, we're like, "Why didn't you answer me?" He's like, "That was you." And like you know, Steve always has to have a reason, so he's like, "You're an idiot." He's like, "He's like baboon one is an actual legitimate, you know." Safari radio handle. I didn't know that. I didn't know how they named themselves. <laughs> we had no idea. I think it was about 28 years ago, and I can still see Steve's face staring at us. He stared at us for a good five to ten seconds without saying anything. Like we were the dumbest assholes on the planet. It was so great. So, Chris, I got that look at least once a week. So, you know, it was, uh, it was well known to me. Yeah, but let's be honest. So after that, how often on six did we were like baboon one, baboon two? How often did we fuck around with those handles on six? I mean, that shit went on all the way until I left the park, man. So that one, that one lasted. That one definitely lasted. Yeah. So Any of those safari people? What would they be doing on channel three on operations? Come on. Well, so. you know, so. I think we probably hit all the low testing thing. Why don't we go into the other stuff we got the fun to do while work crew? I mean, there there was a lot of other work crew jobs. One of them was Safari. What did we get to do with Safari? Before we move on, one second. Somebody just mentioned the Viper saddle. Didn't we? Oh, Oh, we talked about that. That was was work crew. uh, One of my last, that was my last ride's work crew. Uh, Me, Andy, and Kenny. (laughs) 
like your last day to one shot. Shot. <laughs> a million to one shot, dog. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember going, yo, man, I ain't gonna make it over. Kenny go, yeah, it'll make it over. Like, <laughs> I don't think it's gonna make it over. He's like, nah, it's gonna make it. And it went. <laughs> and you were just laughing with me, man. Kenny started cursing. But I had seen a lot, you know, I had I worked on the mine train primarily. I'd work I'd seen a lot of train saddle, but this yeah. saddle at the top of the loop, which I had never seen before. This was crazy. In the corkscrew. Do it again in a million years. It was just the perfect dead center of the top of the corkscrew. You would have thought it would settle back and then keep on going. Nope. Just stayed right on yeah, up Yeah, you would think if like a butterfly landed on it, it would have gone one way or the other. <laughs> yes, but yes. no, it was perfect. It just stopped there and sat there. We waited for what felt like an hour, but it was really like a minute. Nothing happened before we decided, hey, we better call somebody. <laughs> and then they evacuated the whole half of the park. <laughs> yeah, and this was like the day it, before opening. It was hours. At that yeah. point, it was, yeah, it was around 5 o'clock, I think. Yeah, it wasn't dark yet. It was starting to get dark. It was around 5, 5.30, I remember. Yeah, we, we were just almost had to run done. the rides for a few hours just to make sure everything was running okay. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> no, it was not. And then that dude scaled it, man, like it was nothing. <laughs> that was super scary. I mean, like, he basically free-climbed a roller coaster <laughs> With the train that could have gone either way, like I said, if a butterfly landed on, it could have rolled right out. Yeah, and, man. Um, I don't remember his name, but I remember he was one of the guys there. Climbed, scaled that thing like a monkey. Ran up there, tapped it, and it went over. Yeah. So crazy. he might have done that crazy, dangerous thing, but I bet he had work gloves on. That was <laughs> 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 uh, as long as he had the gloves on. <laughs> you get you get in front of a speeding train. You better have your work gloves on. And you clip on. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hit on two things that were in the comments. So Shannon Marie said, "I hate operating the big wheel, especially in the rain." I fucking loved operating the big wheel in the rain. I mean, I was never I was a blue tag my whole time when I got to operate the big wheel. I was never a black tag or a red tag on big wheel. I was I came from the west area, but as a blue tag. It was great because you would have an inexperienced operator fuck it up, starts on balancing because they know how to handle it in the rain. And then next thing you know, you know, by the way, we're going to have some visitors because my dog's just busted into the room. So they're going to be behind me. <laughs> nice. and, uh, yeah, I told you they were going to break the door down and they did. Um, that's what happens when you have a hundred pound dog and a, and a tiny lock. Um, yeah. So uh, what I used to love it in the rain, though, man, because I was like a master at the damn thing. So that was kind of fun for me. Although I will say once it got too wet. I mean, if you didn't know to shut the damn thing down and start evacuating right away, that was it. You were screwed. Like, you were absolutely going to unbalance the wheel and not be able to rebalance. So, you know. Ah, that, is, um, that is not true. You can rebalance even without the supervisor override key. I won't share the secret well, here live, but anybody who wants to know. We, no, we can, but the average operator could not. Okay. Well, <laughs> so. I mean, we just. Most people probably don't know how to run the wheel backwards without a key. So, you know, if anybody's still at the park and want to know the secret, you know, private message me. I'll be sure to share that. <laughs> and then uh, the other one is uh, is Tabby said she hated when loops saddled. I actually remember, and I'm positive you were there, Eddie. Do you remember once when it was so fucking cold, we were load testing loops? And I think it was purely because of the cold. It saddled. And Jack just kind of stood yeah, there staring. The was like, come back after lunch? Yeah, remember he was like, come back after lunch. 
<laughs> where know? they took him, I'm sure they fed him somewhere. But yeah, they took him out somewhere. They got him like a burger. He came yeah, back. Got the yeah. out there, winched it up. Next time went no problem. Probably by the afternoon, it had gotten a little warmer. That was the joke. He knew it though, because he said yeah. it. He was like, "Come back after lunch." And knew what, and we all knew what it meant. Like, probably shouldn't have done this in the morning, you know. <laughs> I probably should have warm up a little, you know. <laughs> oh, hold on. I hope you guys get in the stories of taking shoots elevator to the top. All right, so I. I only got to take the shoot elevator up as a supervisor when I actually walked 130 because I had to cover it a couple times. But otherwise, I wasn't a parachute guy. I had to work parachutes once with the little fucking magnets on the side, though. And that was no fun. Did you guys ever have to work parachutes? You know what I'm yeah, talking I about? I remember the magnets from riding it. Yeah. It was also funny because if you looked at the control panels, like the, the sides of the panels were just fucking dented in from the magnets being rotated on there so much, you know? <laughs> But um, I don't I have a lot of parachute experience. Yeah. I, I don't remember much about it, though. Otherwise, um, like, I, I do remember what he's talking about, the resets and stuff. Um, and it's Dennis uh, Heiss that's talking about it. But I don't – I honestly don't remember it too much because I only had to do it when I covered. Did you guys ever have to, like, really deal with the parachutes or no? I remember baking in the sun, working the parachutes. <laughs> <laughs> Get a nice tan there. <laughs> yeah, tan. That's right. <laughs> that <laughs> that was a second a nice degree burn. Spot. <laughs> go, that was a good place to go use the phone because they had that nice air conditioned thing in the center of the uh, shoes. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. But if I'm remembering right, I could be wrong. If I'm remembering right, uh, if you put someone that was just a little too heavy on, it kind of went, whoop, whoop, and you had to take them off. It wouldn't go. Am I am I remembering that right? So you basically had to tell someone, why are you so fat? Why are you so fat? You have to get off the ride. Like it would not send them up if it was over yeah. the weight limit. That well, was right, is. right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not misremembering no. that. That is true, right? That is right. That's we could probably they do a whole swear. show on that. I mean, yeah, every ride. 175 pounds. And then the thing weight would limit. go up, come right back down. Yeah. I don't think I'd fit on 75% of the rides these days. <laughs> <laughs> You and me both, my friend. You and me both. Um, all right. So let's talk about some of the other things we did during work crew. So uh, let's jump into Safari. One of the funnest things I ever remember during work crew. Definitely not a lot of people got to do this because I don't think I don't think a lot of people got trusted to do this. But also, I just don't think Safari needed help a lot. But w w I think all of you guys, we all got to go feed the animals in Safari, right? During work crew. We all did it, right? The buffalo. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I ever actually fed any animals. Oh. You oh, never I got to do that. the safari feed? Well, no. But remember, I wasn't there all the time. I was only there like maybe a couple days a week. So, but I do remember oh. the white tigers by the uh, tack room. Like that was like the closest I ever came to safari. And that was pretty damn close. That was close enough for me. <laughs> it was Okay, we'll, we'll detour to that. We'll detour to that. So me, Andy, and Kenny Mount or in a tack room. And we're basically souping at this time. So we have all these cleaning crews out there. It's not a low test day. And we're just kind of fucking around. So I think we're like on our own little coffee break or whatever, right? So we had to go pick something up from the tack room, cleaning supplies, something. I don't remember what the fuck it was, but we had right. to go to the tack room. Probably and had to take the truck to get a rake. 
Hey, Chris, Steve says yeah. that like it's never not on a coffee break. Like, That's what I was going to have. We're going to have a section where we talk about that because, yeah. again, I was one of the people Andy was talking about. I did feel privileged to be there holding that hose in February, soaking wet, nearly dying. So I didn't give a shit, but there were some angry fucking people when that car pulled up. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> when that truck pulled up, Andy, we'll give you some time. We'll give you some time to bitch about us being yeah. in the cab, okay? <laughs> We're going to talk about this. So anyway, we're at the tack room and I think it was Kenny who was like, you guys want to go see the, uh, got want to go see the, the, the white, the white tigers. And I was like, I look at Andy and Andy Mir like, yeah. So we walk over to where white tigers are. Cause right behind the tack room is actually where the white tigers were. That's their pen. And now, you got to imagine this. The White Tigers were actually in three levels of pens. So they were in the innermost, but they actually had like three walls of, you know, barrier walls. But, you know, that so you could see them. They were all just fencing. But it's not like they're only one fence away. It's not like if they broke through the fence, they got you. They had to get through three fences, right? And we walked over there. <laughs> one of them looks at us. And it just roared. And it sounded like a fucking T-Rex from Jurassic Park. It was the loudest thing I had ever heard come out of a creature's mouth in my life. And all three of us looked at each other and just, it was like three kids and the little rascals. We were all like, ah! We fucking ran so fucking fast. We are like tripping over each other to get back to the truck. We didn't even stop. We leaped into the truck and just peeled the fucking <laughs> Because they were so fucking scary, man. Oh, it's one of my favorite memories. YouTube gold right there. Dude, I would I wish to God I had video because we looked like the biggest pussies I've ever seen in my life. And and it was completely valid because they were some scary fucking tigers, man. Like scary. I remember like we rode out to the tack room one time. And I actually think when we rode out there, you actually let me in the cab of the truck because we didn't have anybody else with us. So that was one of the rare times that I felt like somebody. But <laughs> we got there. <laughs> you let Scott in the truck. He <laughs> did. I only it did it because you guys didn't crazy. see it. If you guys were there, I would not have done it. I didn't want you to see me do that. <laughs> it was like my moment of sunshine. It was like the heavens opened and the songs were playing. <laughs> And I felt like somebody for a minute, but we got to the tech room and I remember getting out of the truck. And this is after your story, because I, you knew all about the white tigers at this point. Yeah. And I heard something. I was like, what, what is that? And it sounded like, you know, a horse or something. And he's like, dumbass, it's the white tigers. You want to go see them? I was like, oh, yeah, I want to go see them. I remember walking over to that thing. And I swear, I never realized how big a tiger was. And I know white tigers are, I think a little bigger than a regular tiger. Yeah. yeah. But like, that thing, I swear to God, its back was like up to my nipples. <laughs> like, like looking at a tiger from far away, you think it's like a size of like a large dog or something. This thing was like a small horse. I swear, like yeah, yeah. all muscle too, man, crazy. Yeah, it was impressive. It was. Imp- I mean, I, I honestly, I went with friends the very week after me and Andy and Kenny did that, like to go see them. Like, like as soon as I could get into the safari when it went weekends only, I went to go see them because I was like, I got to see these fuckers up close because they almost made me shit my pants through the gates. I want to see what they look like when I'm in a safe area, you know, like because I did not feel safe in the tack room. I swear to God, when that thing roared, I thought it was going to make it over the fence. And I think you guys did, too. That's why we all ran like that. But Jesus Christ, that was awesome, man. 
<laughs> all right. So before we move on, all right. So I hear there might be a little bit of a class thing going on here where, where, where people that were not in a supervisory role might have been a little upset. But let me let me clarify. Might be upset with the people who clearly earned their time to get into that supervisory role and lead True. the work crew. But I, like, go ahead, go ahead, speak. Go ahead. And we're a little class thing. It was like lords and peasants. Like, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like you know. There was like a large middle class on work crew or anything. You either you either own the castle or you were you know cleaning the sewers of the castle. That was basically how it was, and there was only room for a couple of people at the top. So. <laughs> Kenny um, and Andy were um, the best because Kenny and Andy, when they had the truck, they would pull up with the sunglasses on so you couldn't even see their eyes. <laughs> Just badass. And I mean, a lot of times, depending on how bad and disgusting the job was. You'd break the day up occasionally into before lunch and after lunch. And there would be times that I remember as a grunt where you'd get dropped off in the early morning to do one of those shitty like Music Express type of situations. <laughs> and then at lunchtime, they'd be back. <laughs> yep. You'd get a bunch of garbage bags and a rake and maybe a push broom. Like, we'll see you in a few hours. You work lunch. <laughs> We see, you know what? We've got crews like that all over the park. We just drop people off, yeah. move supplies all around. Then <laughs> there was the lead crew that we also and, kind of supervise. And somebody had to drive the truck, man. It's not like you could fit a bunch of people in there or whatever. It's like, on any given day, somebody like a had to drive from the truck. A any given day, it was like almost a mutiny on the work crew. Like the, the behind, <laughs> like yeah, we were always like, oh. They aren't looking. We can like rush them, take the truck, and drive off. You know, like, that, that's what I'm saying. I like, I, time, I, Scott, I remember standing doing hotsies, and Jim G would be pulling up in the truck, and I'd be freezing up in my rain gear, hotsie and gum on the ground, and the heat would come out of the truck. And I would just yes. want him to just, I'm like, please just stand here, stay here, talk to me for a little bit, Jim. I, I just want the heat to come out of the truck for a few minutes. <laughs> the door would open, and you would right. feel it walk. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I mean, that's so good. But that was it. And the truck flash. would take off. You were back to freezing. The worst just, work you guys ever made me do, I just realized, was you made me clean the ball crawl in Bugs Bunny Land. That was oh, the, yeah. Oh, God, explain how you clean the ball crawl. This is a good oh, one. It was, it was early March, and that ball crawl still smelled like piss. Oh, that's bad. And they hand us cans of like this foaming Lysol spray. I don't remember what that spray was. It wasn't Lysol, but it was like foamy. Oh. And a roll of those non-absorbent paper towel things. So you're not like actually cleaning anything. You're just wiping it around. But you, they made us like sit there and spray all the balls, wipe them down, and put them in a trash can liner. And like the whole freaking day. And I swear, you know, once the the uh, the lords were gone in the truck, <laughs> half of the people were like just laying in the ball crawl. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah. And he yeah. said, it's like, you got your rake, you got your garbage bags. We'll yeah, see. I'll see you at lunch. I'll pick you yeah. up for lunch. That's so, so good. Just a level set, though. Just a level set. I did my first work crew when I was still in a senior in high school. Okay. I was lucky. And when I first got into rides, okay. So when I was 16, I got into rides. And that year, Rich Giannone was one of my supervisors. And he said, hey, you know, um, we have this thing called work crew when we go weekends only um, and the park's getting ready to open everything. He goes, and uh, even when we're weekends only and the park is open, we need stuff done in between. And I have a special job 
that I need, you know, are you able to work? And I actually had work release from high school. So I was like, fuck yeah. I was looking, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't want to go get a real job, but I want I, if I have a job, I can leave school after lunch. So he, they signed paperwork and I had work release and my job. So fuck you, Scott. My first work crew job <laughs> was I came in every week while they were weekends only to pet a pet. And if anybody doesn't know what Pet-a-Pet is, because it doesn't exist anymore, Pet-a-Pet was like a mini version of the safari in the park, moved around a couple of times throughout the years. Um, I believe when I was doing it, it was in its last iteration. I think it was right next to the kitty park. And Pet-a-Pet was basically baby animals that kids could come in and pet. So there were, it was primarily goats, but they would have a couple pigs. They would have a baby camel who would fucking spit in your face. Okay. And then a you're going to have like some. from the safari. No baboons. <laughs> no baboons. That's just you. No baboons. But it was definitely. I remember when I did it, there was a baby camel, a shitload of goats. Um, and there were two pigs. And there was just like geese or something like fucking birds. And basically what I got hired to do was, I didn't know this, but just like you guys, I would come in after school, all ready to work and happy. And I would be given a shovel and I was shoveling animal shit every day. <laughs> That's all I was doing. I wasn't even feeding them. I was just shoveling their shit, hotting out the pens, cleaning it out. It was spraying on me. It was the most disgusting shit ever. That was my starting work crew. From there on, I was one of the grunts, just like you guys, who was given a gang. And don't don't forget, for a while, I worked under Kenny. I wasn't a, a supervisor in work crew, even though as a supervisor, I was a grunt just like you guys, because there were generally only two people usually in charge of work crew, unless it was a larger crew. So even though we were all supervisors, whoever was the ones in charge at the time, they were the only ones in the cab. So there was a large period of time where I was in the back of the fucking truck too, freezing my ass off. So I don't want to hear that shit, man. I did my oh, yeah. time. I, mean, I earned one. my cab. I'm just Wait. saying it only takes one person to drive a truck. All right. <laughs> you don't need to drive for two people. Is it like you have an extra <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. So wait, by your logic. Wait, wait, wait. By your logic. By your logic, no, everyone the, should freeze except the driver. That's the dumbest Andy, thing I ever heard. No. Andy, I don't think I'm gonna make um, it. Take the truck and finish up for me, okay? Just leave me here. <laughs> All right, hold on, hold on. Um, Lord Andy, do you have any rebuttal to this? <laughs> I, don't need one. I like think I it's said, all a bunch of hooey. And now we were the ones in the truck. It was our turn. I'm sure somebody else to this day is in the truck and somebody else is freezing their ass off. You know, When's it going to be my time? It <laughs> I had two workers in the truck. Two workers in the truck. You know, yeah. And then sometimes these... we had more than one truck, though. We had the, the big flatbed truck we drive, and we had the pickup truck. So sometimes yeah. we would occasionally have other people in a truck. <laughs> Maybe not the best judgment yeah. to let me drive that flatbed ever, but they did. God bless <laughs> Let me drive well. the flatbed. So the flatbed we would use mostly to move the lead shot around. Yeah. But then we would drive around at the end of the day, pick up all these crews, and there were these thousands and thousands of bags of leaves that they had filled up all day long. <laughs> so we would drive that flatbed around, and everyone would toss them all. And by the time we came out, we had a hundred bags of leaves on the back. And I never forget the first time they told us to do this, and I was like, "Are you shitting me?" They they told us go out to the safari. You know, you're gonna drive into the water buffalo pen and dump all the bags, you know, rip them open and dump all the bags of leaves in it. They'll eat them. That this 
It's like a win-win for the park. We get garbage out and we feed the water buffaloes. Great. And uh, that's why we had to make sure there was no garbage in there and everything. And, and we're supposed to yeah. feed the water buffaloes. So I was pretty hesitant when we, the first time we did that. But that became a regular thing where we would have to drive and dump these bags of leaves and to feed the water buffaloes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And, Kenny took me yeah, out there. Yeah, great. Yeah. So we had a kind of an initiation. You know, you could only fit three people in the truck. We weren't allowed to have anybody sit on the back for the flatbed. So, you know, it was me, Kenny, you know, we'd pick somebody to come with us and we'd have an initiation every time they would come out there. So, Chris, did you want to tell the story? Oh, yeah, yeah. I might even have told already, but I just love it so much. Who cares? Like, you know, they I was getting the rules. You know, there's rules to it. You know, like, you, you know, yeah, it's got to be clean. Got to have all clean leaves, you know. But when you go out there, I'm like, really? I had the same reaction as Andy. I'm like, are you sure? Like, we're just going to go out there and they're just there. I'm like, you're going to go and feed buffalo. He's like, yeah, yeah. He goes, but you got to be real quiet. And he was like, you know, no, no sudden movements or anything. You're just going to go slow. We're going to drive up slow. We're going to get out slow. We're going to grab the bag. They could dump stampede. Them. Just going to dump them. Yeah. You don't want to rile them up. You don't want to rile them up. You know, you just got to go real slow with it and everything. So I get out of the car real slow. I don't even shut the door. Like I just kind of close the door. You know, Kenny does the same thing. And then I go to grab a bag and I hear the door slam. And I look, <laughs> and I'm holding a bag like this, and Kenny beeps the horn four times and takes off and leaves me there with about 12 buffalo. <laughs> holding a bag like this, and I'm like, uh. <laughs> I was just like, you got to be kidding me, man. Like, what the hell's going on? And I can I hear him, I swear to God, I can hear him laughing, even though he was like 200 yards away by now. He really went. <laughs> and you were chasing the truck. I'll never forget it. It was like a double fence. Before, you, know, you had to open one gate, drive through, close it, open another gate to get in. So I remember, we were, so it took us a while to get to the gate. So you had caught up to us by then. But I remember you running full speed as if they were stampeding behind you. But the truth of the matter is these things wouldn't move an inch all day long. They didn't give a shit. Eating their grass and eating the leaves. And they didn't care. The horn beat, though. The horn beat was such a nice touch. Like He was like, boop, boop, boop. Yeah, we tell them any sudden noise, you know, or sudden movement can set off a stampede and they'll trample us. Because uh, there were a lot of them, you know, it's a, it's a giant water buffalo. It was scary, like, yeah, it's a scary vision. The idea of them stampeding was scary. Oh, so good. I remember Chris running in the piles of leaves and the leaves just flying up behind him because he wasn't moving. His feet were just slipping leaves. Because they were wet leaves. Oh, they were all disgusting wet leaves, man. They were the worst. I freaking hate those. <laughs> oh, man. What other cool stuff that we did? Uh, we, we got to put out props, right? There were a lot of props. I remember there was a, the stagecoach, the Batmobile. Batmobile. Right? Ah, yeah. That was like, uh, yeah. that stagecoach was the source of my greatest butt chewing while on work crew. I remember yeah. that one. I forget what, where the, well, they were parked over by um, the mine train, right? On that side where that little, you know, yeah. Western area was. And I don't know where they stored it. Did they store it in like the big teepee or something over the winter? But I think so, it was Elephant Barn, right? Andy Elephant no, Barn. It was up in that way. I thought we stored it in the arena or up that way, Elephant Barn. Yeah, yeah it, was up that it might have been the arena. The because whatever it was, it was definitely within walking distance because like, you know, 
we got dropped off, like half a dozen of us peons, and we were told to, to wheel up the wagons from wherever they were to the place where they were going. So, and it, I, I don't remember everybody who was there, but I definitely remember it was me. And the, I mean, this guy gets a whole lot of play on this show. I don't know if he listens, but the crash guy, Mike. <laughs> so, and I remember. I was like, well, you know, we can make a game out of this and move these stagecoaches there really quick. And I was like, let's have a race. And I just remember, like, you know, <laughs> I was steering the stagecoach while like three people were pushing it. And we got this thing going like a good five to eight miles an hour flying through the park. And I mean, and then, you know, Mike and his people tried to grab the other one and we beat them. But I just remember getting the biggest butt chewing after we got there because Steve got out. He's like, what the hell are you thinking? He's like, this stagecoach is 100 years old. <laughs> break the land speed record with it. I thought it was a great idea, but apparently it wasn't. The thing had sat in the boneyard for like 20 years from the old original Western shows yep. and circuses. It's so clearly barely it holding sport. itself together. <laughs> Very uh, true. We would the just tie a rope loose. to it some years and just pull it around. That's what I remember. <laughs> That's exactly what I remember. I was just pulling it with a rope. I absolutely remember that, yeah. Oh, what no, about the Batmobile? Oh, the Batmobile oh, was yeah. great. It was great. Like, I, I believe Kenny was in charge of work. It was the same year, same year. Might even even have been the same week of the uh, saddle of Viper because we were coming close to the end and the pressure was on. We had to get a lot of shit done. Still a lot to do, but the Batmobile was there. So Andy and I, we <laughs> climbed in the Batmobile. I mean, I love Batman. I'm going to climb in the Batmobile if we got a chance. So we're sitting in there and, and we're in there for a couple minutes and Kenny comes over and he's like, all right, all right, come on, we got to move on. I'm like, close the hatch, bat boy. He got <laughs> he slammed the hatch, <laughs> and Andy were like, it's pretty cool in here. <laughs> so hey, pretty Chris, cool. it's pretty awesome that you're telling the story while you know your Robin is listening. You know, he <laughs> posted about the elephant barn before, so nice. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Yeah, no, Neil. Hopefully, we're gonna get Neil on here. Can't wait. <laughs> you know, one of the things we mentioned was the fucking boneyard, man. I love the boneyard. I mean, we would we would rarely get to go out there, and generally, when we did, it was only during work crew. But the boneyard was like GA's own hidden little dead ride and dead game museum. Like you could go out there, and there would be like cars to rides that you're just like what the fuck is that? And there'd be like always some old mechanic or somebody out there, like a fiberglass guy or something. You'd be like, what the hell is that? And they're like, oh, that's from like 1968, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, what? Like really cool shit out there, man. I fucking loved going out there. That was a great place. Yeah. yeah they yeah. never threw out anything. So it was like a giant museum of park history. It was. Yeah. I mean, they really didn't. They didn't throw anything out, but it made sense because think about it. How much of that shit, exactly like the stagecoaches, did they end up just reusing? Like somebody right. was like, oh, yeah. we got a theme Especially this. Especially yeah. We pulled a lot of stuff out of there. Tons. Absolutely, man. I mean, so much of that stuff just gets reused. It's totally true. You know? Um, one of the other things I remember doing during work crew, and I don't know if any of you guys did it, but uh, I spent, I, I think I only did it my last two years in rides. I definitely did it in 96. I think I did it in 95 too. But I got, this was the, you want to talk about you, you want to talk about classes? You guys are bitching that we got, you know, oh, the luxury of sitting in the cabs of the truck. I got to work with Kathy, me and Kathy Diesner got to work with in the fucking ops office, and all we were doing 
was updating all the manuals for the new year, all the ride manuals and all oh, the tests. Yeah. And that was gold. You came in in the morning, you sat on a computer, you just updated the test or manuals. You had to make the new ones for the new ride. And it was like as comfy as could be. It was an office job. It was like the only office job we ever had, like I ever had while I was at Six Flags. It was fantastic. The shittiest thing was when I left in 96 to go to games, that year, since me and Kathy had done everything together, me and her, we tag teamed it. I had every one of those on floppy. And I kept them. I kept a copy because I was like, oh, I want a copy of these. So I'm going to, you know, as, as remembrance, I, a, I don't even know where they were. And B, I don't know how the fuck I would ever run a floppy disk. Now anyway, you know? But I had every ride manual and test and checklist on the goddamn floppy things. I was like, oh, man. That was a, nice. that was my one of the best work crew jobs ever. Absolutely. So what were some of the worst work crew jobs ever? That was my best. But what were some of the worst? Wait, are we going to go back to best? Or we oh, yeah. Oh, it, well, yeah, no, if you guys have, what was your best? Absolutely. Well, I mean, the best was not the work group, but the other random job that we got to do those two seasons opening was hiring people. So, oh, that was fun too. Oh, that was recruiting. Fun. That was I was fun. like, yeah, recruiting. I remember that. And like hiring people. It was like, I remember the first year, it was like, I was a first year soup and I was coming back. And they're like, yeah, you can work in, you know, hiring people. I was like, I get to hire people? Like, is there like, do I need to know anything for this? Like, no. I'm like, all right. I'm, I can do that. So. I can do that. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, that, that was great. great that, that was that was great. Yeah. And that was also, I mean, I remember we actually had to go do work at an unemployment office, like at, at a job fair. <laughs> remember, we would go to the job fairs. And I was like, this is so weird, man. But it was like, yeah, that was fun. That was That was definitely good stuff. That was also for you guys super good because you and Andy would go on to be HR fucking specialists working at Norell right after that. So you literally got on the job experience at Six Flags before you ever even moved into that job. Yes. Oh, but I never got to do any of that. I was never at any job fair. We were out driving the truck around. You never you never <laughs> had to work? Really? No. Kenny did. Kenny did. You're the only yeah, one. You got screwed. <laughs> Sometimes it's not good to be the king. All right, that's all. <laughs> we had real work to do. We had busy work to do. And I remember the best part about it was, you know, because when Steve was working in HR, we had the best group of people in our section come in spring. It was like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, I, mean, I handpicked. Yeah, there were lots was, of ways that... to judge people, but I mean, I like Steve's way of judging who should go to one sixty. That was my. <laughs> Always by intelligence, the smartest person. That's how I judged them. It was so easy though, because it was like if you knew that they were they were capable and you were hiring them in, you would just immediately say, like, oh, when you go in, tell them you want rides and you want to work the water park. It's the best area of the work. You want to work in 160. They do, you don't want to work anywhere else. And it was like I could hand pick everyone I wanted. It was so freaking awesome, man. You know, and the best was also. I, I, I have never said this out loud. I swear to God, this is the first time I'm ever saying it. Scott, you're probably the only one that knows this. You could also fuck the other sections. So sometimes you get a real knucklehead who you absolutely was, was qualified to be hired. But you're like, this idiot is never going to pass the free fall test. You want to work 150. Absolutely ask for 150. <laughs> you want to work the free fall. And it wasn't your problem. It was Chris's problem. So it's like, yeah. And it was, was like, so funny because... Is that Spark would open and, the, in the ride? Mark <laughs> would open. You'd be like, hey, Chris. Balls, man. Yeah. Here you go. We'll get you on Batman. <laughs> 
I used to love it too because sometimes I'd be like, "Hey, Chris, how's that guy working out?" I hired him, and Chris would be like, ah, "Not so good." Oh, I don't know what happened, man. He seemed really good. I don't know. crew in one sixty starting the year. It was like Steve. I was like, "This is amazing!" Like, oh, I can't believe what my eyes are seeing. <laughs> we didn't do it that way in 150, but we did appreciate being adjacent to 160. I'll say that. We did not do it that way. <laughs> I love it. All right. So let's let's do you guys have anything at your best, Chris? Andy? Uh driving through for me. Uh I think my first experience of driving through the park, my own personal vehicle, driving any vehicle through the park. I used to was love that the Batmobile. Your personal love vehicle. that. And the Batmobile, of course. I mean <laughs> uh, it's just fantastic. And to be honest, you know, when we get to worse, also one of the coolest things I've ever done. But yeah, yeah, it also sucked ass. Uh <laughs> but uh Andy, you go ahead, man. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty cool, just being in the park. You know, one of the things we would always say would be, oh, the park would be really fun if, you know, we had no guests here, <laughs> you know, <laughs> enjoy it yourself. And that's really what it was. You know, I remember when it would snow, you'd be out there, and it was really surreal, it'd be super quiet, and you'd be just driving around, there'd be nobody around as far as you could see in the entire exactly. place. You'd have to run out to, I don't know, log flume to pick something up real quick, and you'd just run the park in January, and... Yeah, that was pretty cool getting to drive around in there, you know, uh, especially when we pulled the big trucks through there. That was crazy. Back then, there were a lot more trees. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there were a few tricky areas to get that thing, yeah. I remember. Yeah, it, was, yeah. It, was, it, was, it, was, it wasn't easy. But well, the, the truck best, was always night, a pain The best ass. part and the worst part, I was going to say, we're always the last night of workroom. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Last night was a rush. It was... For some of us, we'd be working two straight days. We would start work crew like, like you know, the first weekend only would be like, you know, either Friday night or Saturday morning. Some of us would be working Thursday morning all the way through and never stopping until basically like almost opening. And uh, yeah, it was it was definitely Chris. You had a story once about uh, a couple hours before the park. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, no, the, the think, yeah, no, definitely, Kenny. I think Andy, you were there too. Like the uh, they were they were redoing the fountain. And I want to say we were only maybe five hours, maybe four or five hours to park opening. And there were mounds of dirt that were at least 25 feet high. <laughs> and they were yeah. enormous. And there were maybe three or four of them. I can't remember. I just remember driving by and going, holy shit, how the hell are they going to get? What, what are they going to do? They were still pouring cement. Four hours. Less than 24 hours, they were still pouring cement. Exactly. Exactly. All gone. <laughs> all gone before that park opened. I want to say they were all gone by nine o'clock, uh, like uh, the last drive-by, whenever that was, eight thirty, nine o'clock. They were all gone. I couldn't believe it. it was on, uh, they're crazy fast. Yeah, sure. Did you guys ever get in trouble during work crew? Well, you, Scott, I think you got in trouble a lot, so I'm sure you have well, a story somewhere in here. Oh, yeah. Well, there was the time, you know, we already talked about the stagecoach incident. <laughs> the stagecoach incident. So my last year as a supervisor, this was after you had gone to games and, and uh, so like, I mean, God knows why, but like me and Mike crash guy, we're, we're running work crew for the day. And clearly like, you know, I joke about it, but there was definitely, you know, a level of confidence that you guys had that didn't exist with some of us. So. <laughs> I remember we had to go, 
we had to go to pick up something from the security office and we were driving the brand new truck. And this was like way back in the, what, the mid nineties when cruise control was like a cool new thing. So, and we're like, you know, I never had a car with cruise control. He was driving. I went into security and picked up something, but I picked it up. I looked the keys to something. I don't know from a guy who I had chewed out when he was a ground supervisor years before that. Like I ripped him a new one when he'd like left me to clean like, you know, this restaurant when I was on rides and like handed the grounds my first season, he remembered me. But anyway, I don't know if that had anything to do with this, but after we'd left, Mike was trying to get the cruise control to work on the truck. So we're driving, through the main, we're driving through the main parking lot, you know, and he's trying to get it up to like 25 miles an hour so he can engage the cruise control, which, you know, that's not that fast through the main park. But then he's like, I don't know what the hell he was doing. He was like turning and doing circles and stuff. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you're going to kill us. Like, calm down here. I mean, we didn't have anybody in the back or anything. I mean, see, that's something you would have done with us in the back and like, it would have been fine. But next thing I know, <laughs> we're getting like written up for like, you know, being like reckless driving in the parking lot for, uh, you know, trying to get the cruise control on. <laughs> it was a really nice truck, though. I'll give him that. It was, it was a nice ride. <laughs> I, look, I'll, I'll tell you something. You got lucky because. I'm not going to say the name, but somebody in shows, a supervisor in shows once pulled some stupid shit like that with people on the back of one of the, you know, the little shows carts. Oh, like an asshole. Who you're talking about. And, uh, and got fired. He didn't well, get written up. He got fired for that shit. Legend, so, no. dude, legend. Yeah. No, we didn't yeah. have anybody in the back. That was, no, we didn't have anybody in the back. It was no, just no, no, but you were saying, you were saying I would I would have done it with you guys in the back, like as a joke, but I'm like, you know, in reality, anyone did that shit with somebody in the back and got caught. That was no joke. You got fired. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, that was it. You were yeah. done, you know? So True. You know? Yeah. It's like somebody hit a fence with the rental truck one year. Remember, scraped. It was coming into BBL and scraped oh. the green post and put a big green stripe down the side of this rental truck. I remember that, too. I and, remember that, uh, too. Luckily, you know, we had world-class, uh, you know, fiberglass guys and auto shop guys. And they repaired that thing. It was good as new when we returned it. I don't think anybody knew anything about it. We were renting <laughs> from Hertz. Nice. I, I think the the one time that I got in like huge trouble, um, and Andy, I don't think you were with me here, but I know Kenny was. Um, we were in charge of work crew, and we were uh, load testing the Condor, which was basically a ride that had a platform that was about six feet off the ground. And so to load test it, you had to actually carry the lead shot up onto the platform, and it, it was basically. Um, a bunch of cars that were connected by like a, an octopus wheel. So they spun and they went up in the air and then they spun really fucking fast. And then they came down. It, they spun so fast that there was a setting you could put on that we were absolutely never allowed to use anymore after like the first two weeks. And it was guaranteed to make people puke. Literally somebody on the ride would absolutely puke every time. Like they were in a fucking rotor. And uh, so we were load testing it and we dropped off the crew and we all brought the lead shot up there. And then we, you know, we were like, okay, Jack came, Jack passed it, Jack left. And we were like, okay, unload it. We'll be back. And so we left the crew to unload it. We went out wherever the fuck we were, coffee break. I don't know. Whatever <laughs> we did. We, we did leave the crew though. Absolutely. <laughs> and we came back and what we got you? fucked. We got fucked. We came back and the crew Instead of taking and putting it somewhere logical, they just started tossing all the lead shot over the railing, not paying attention. And it was an entire flower bed that had just been, it was right before opening. So the flowers had just been all put in. 
nice and neat, and they dropped the lead shot in that entire flower bed. They just loaded up, smashed every fucking flower, and we drive up, and there's Billy staying there, and Andy, what was his name? In, uh, in um, Lance, was it Billy Hetman? Yeah, Billy Hetman. So it was Billy, Billy and Billy, Junior. because yeah, because Billy called him over. So we had two Billys fucking screaming at us. What the fuck? <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And we're just looking at the crew like you're all fucking dead. And, and I mean, like, it's one of those moments where if Scott was there, I'd be like, you'll never ride in a cab. Never ride in a cab, asshole. You know? So, but so uh, I would have been like, it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> Believe me, every one of them was looking down, although I'm sure they were all thinking the same thing because it was like six feet up and it would have been a lot of work to take it down manually. It made more sense to throw it over the railing. The fucked up thing is if they had just thrown it two feet to the left or the fucking right, they wouldn't have been in the flower bed. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't have been a problem. It would have been fine. <laughs> but um, two landscapings like like – Absolutely, landscaping was amazing because while they sat there and bitched and moaned and pretended like they weren't going to have anything done, the second we got the lead shot done, that shit was all redone in like an hour, like brand new flowers in the bed and everything. So they they knew their shit, man. They were really good. But yeah, that was the only time I ever actually remember on all work crew getting in trouble. Um, and it sucked. <laughs> like, it was really stupid because we were all just stupid. Like we shouldn't have left them and they shouldn't have done it. And we were all dumb. You know, what are you going to do? You know? <laughs> we were all dumb. <laughs> I mean, we were all stupid. What are you gonna do, right? Um, ever anybody ever get injured on work crew? I think Andy, you got injured on work crew once, right? Yeah, yeah, I popped my toe on work crew. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you and do that, that was like the worst thing. It was just like you know, we had the safety numbers we had to meet, and which is why it was so important you wore your gloves no matter what you were doing or a work crew. We made such a big deal about it, but you know, <laughs> even one injury was a big deal on work crew. And I'll never forget, it was working in, you know, February again, it was freezing cold out and we were unloading boxes off you know, the back of tugs on the compactor pad. And I remember I dropped one off the back of the tug and it landed directly on my foot, which was so cold. I never thought anything of it. I just, you know, thought it hurt a little bit, but it was fine. Uh, I came into the office, you know, eight hours later and uh, my toe was like smashed. So yeah, I had to go down to first aid for that one and get a few stitches and, uh, yeah, I was uh, a bit in trouble for that one. They sent you to first aid? No, no, no. They sent me, I had to go there. Then they sent me to, you know, with the Great Adventure Ambulance. Pretty <laughs> nice. Oh, man. You know, That's to, like the like, ride of local, shame. Oh. Yeah, exactly. To like this local first aid, you know, like um, acute care center thing, you know, um, somewhere in Howell it was. And they stitched me up there yeah. and then brought me back. Yeah. Because that's like the biggest thing. Like, I don't know why, but like, you know, if you got hurt at the park, it wasn't on work crew, but it was when I was working on rides. If you got hurt at the park. You had to go to the park's first aid, damn it. And if you didn't go to the park's first aid, but you went somewhere else, oh, you were in trouble then. Because I remember I sprained my ankle working. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. You had to fill out a statement. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Given 10,000 statements. Clean. I worked there. It was so dumb. Like, and I was in so much trouble because I went to the doctor. I went to like the urgent care near my house after I left work because while I was working, it wasn't hurting too bad, but it hurt really bad later. So yeah, good times. <laughs> but I had my work gloves on, damn it. <laughs> but all I the think stuff we, got... we would do there, you know, it was bound to get injured sooner or later, but we made it through most things uh, unscathed. That's true. That's That's true. We, were said... if we weren't, yeah. if we were like this age, we'd all be dead in like a week. <laughs> yeah, I'd be dead in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> true. <laughs> 
I think uh, I think we got time for one more quick story. Um, Andy, I'm going to let you have this one. Um, yeah. well, let's go back to what the worst work crew job you ever did was. And I believe the worst work oh. crew job that we've ever talked about had to be part of Western Cables. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now I remember that. Oh. The Western Cables closet in the tower. Disgusting. So, so for anyone that doesn't know what that is. Side, yeah, yeah. Tell them what it is. So anyone that doesn't know what that is, um, where where you where the people that are working the 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 cable cars on the western side catch the cars. Okay, on the one side there's a door there. If you open that door, you're in the top of the tower. That door opens into a little teeny balcony with a railing that's maybe about two feet. Okay, maybe three feet. It's not big, right? But it's basically a little storage closet, and it has a railing, and it overlooks. Like, how big was that drop? 15, 20 feet? It, yeah. yeah, well, it's a pit. It it's a drop pretty, into... Well, yeah, it was dark in there. And it seemed pretty deep. Yeah, it was definitely deep. I got lowered into it once, so it was definitely deep. Um, and it was basically... Andy nailed it. It's a pit. I mean, we would call it the, we would call it the closet, but it was a pit. And <laughs> um, one of the work crew jobs was at the end of every year and at the beginning of every year like two suckers would get harnessed and roped down there because there was no ladder. There was no other way to get down there. And it wasn't so bad in the beginning of the year because you'd only be cleaning out leaves and stuff, bags and bags of leaves. But Andy, what was it like yeah. at the end of the year? <laughs> so the worst part about the pit, you know, aside from, you know, tons and tons of supplies and everything would fall down there during the year. And, you know, maybe you didn't want to take the trash out. So the crew would toss a few bags of trash down there. But the worst thing was when there weren't enough people for bathroom breaks and you'd basically just set a big gap up in the cable. We'd have a big space. We'd have enough time to run into the closet, piss off the balcony into the pit and then run back out and start catching cable cars again. So I really that's basically had gone on for years like that before we had to go down there and clean that thing. And, and I'm going to add something. As being one of the people that actually got lowered down there once only at the end of the year for work crew, um, it wasn't just piss. I absolutely oh, know for a fact that somebody – No, no. Somebody put their ass over that balcony and took a shit down there <laughs> because <laughs> there is human shit down there when we got lowered down and I was freaked out. I was like, either there's a bear down here or there's a human that shit over the railing. I mean, oh, it's I one of the two. It. We didn't Why? have that on the Dream Street side. We didn't have any of those problems on the Dream Street side. So that's what I'm saying. Even here, <laughs> the whole shit, your main problem's a toilet. <laughs> yeah, but you also you also had to remember it's not a problem because the only sucker that ever has to deal with that is work crew. If you worked on the western side. I'd pee down there too. I mean, I didn't, but I would. I mean, who cares? No, like, you're not getting in trouble and you can't get, like, it was, you know, Dream Street well, with a bathroom right it. behind there you. There was nobody coming to send you to the bathroom. Yeah. So it was either, you know, hit the east up or run into the closet. Exactly, man. So, uh, but definitely. On, you just step in the light curtain and take a leisurely stroll over to the restroom. It's how you did it. <laughs> I, I, there are no cat box. I think the light curtain had a different name. I think it was named after a person, but I'm not going to go there right now. But I think it had a name. I think no there was a name curtain, for the light curtain, curtain at that time. <laughs> <laughs> and that is true. There was no light curtain at that time. That's absolutely true. All right, gentlemen. I cannot believe it's already been an hour and a half, but our time is coming wow. to an end. So um, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up, but I, I will say we have one final comment and a thing, and that leads us into our next two episodes. John Mako put down 150 rules and 160 rules. Now, as a former 160 supervisor, I mean.